Hey friends, and welcome to episode 98 of It's About Time, a podcast sharing stories and strategies to inspire busy people seeking better work, life, and balance. I'm your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick, and today's episode is all about trying new things, even when it might feel a little silly or self-conscious. For the past few months, I've had the pleasure of getting to know today's guest, photographer and educator Natasha Coyle, through the mastermind group that we're a part of. If you're not familiar with the term mastermind, a mastermind group, in the most basic sense, is a small group of people with something in common that get together on a regular basis to learn and solve problems together. Natasha and I are two of four small business owners led by Creative at Heart founder Kat Schmoyer, who get together every other week via Zoom to put our biggest business challenges on the table for group problem solving. Every single time we meet, I walk away feeling so energized and ready to tackle big things. And the sense of community and trust we've built helps me feel like I'm a part of a supportive team even though I'm running the day-to-day of my business by myself. One of the reasons why I found Natasha so inspiring is because of how she's pushed through being self-conscious and being worried about what others think to doing some big things. But before I share our conversation and the amazing advice she has, let me tell you all about Natasha. Natasha Coyle is a Charleston wedding photographer and educator. She started her photography business as a 34-year-old stay-at-home mom. She's slightly obsessed with short-form videos like Instagram Reels and TikTok. And now, after four years of starting her business, Natasha now teaches other photographers and business owners how to authentically show up through video to grow their small business. In today's conversation with Natasha, she shares the story of how she started her business thanks to Best Buy and Black Friday. She tells us exactly what she outsources in her life and her business. She lets us in on why failure is actually a good thing and makes sure to stick around for her best advice for pushing past the fear of starting something new. As usual, you can find all the details for this episode over in the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 98. And finally, I want to thank you again for tuning in and being a fan. And if you haven't yet, I invite you to click the subscribe button to be notified as soon as new episodes go live. And if you like what you hear, I would be so grateful for your review. You see, your reviews play a huge role in helping others find It's About Time in the search results. And you might just get a shout out in a future episode, like this one going out to Cher Hale. Cher was so kind to leave a five-star rating and review recently. Cher writes, Anna's conversation with Kristen Recupero was the light bulb moment I needed for how I could be better managing my money. I finally saw the overlap between time management and financial management that will help me stop spending beyond my means. So good. Well, Cher, I am so glad that you loved that episode with Kristen. I had lots of light bulb moments myself during that conversation. And Cher's talking about episode 49, by the way. 
Um, Cher, thank you again so much for taking time to leave such a thoughtful review. And I hope that there are many more amazing light bulb moments waiting for you in future episodes of It's About Time. And with that, it's about time we get started. So let's get this show on the road. You're listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Around here, we believe that busy is not a badge of honor. Your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, is here to share tips and strategies to help you make the most of your time. Listen in on real conversations and success stories to find out how other go-getters are getting things done. If you're ready to step away from the overwhelm and spend your time on what matters most, then you're in the right place. Here's your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick. Hey, Natasha, welcome to It's About Time. I am so excited to talk with you today. How are you doing? Hey, Anna, I'm so good. I'm so excited to be here and chatting with you. Well, uh, I really appreciate you giving us a little bit of your time. I know that you are somebody with a lot of different things on your plate. Just like I told everybody before we hit record when I gave them the official Natasha Coyle biography, but I would love to hear in your own words, how you spend your time. Yeah. So my name is Natasha Coyle. I am a Charleston wedding photographer and educator. And I started my business as a 34-year-old stay-at-home mom four years ago when I had a four-year-old son. Um, So he was going off to preschool and I now had 15 hours a week of time that was just mama time. And I thought to myself, what am I going to do with all this free time? And for some reason, I felt like starting a business with 15 hours a week uh, was going to be feasible. And I started a photography business and it really grew from there. So four years later, I am now a Charleston wedding photographer, spending time in Charleston where I am a native with my husband and our son um, living right down the street from my mom and dad and, and just really enjoying being a business owner in this amazing city. And now I'm starting to venture into education and showing up for other photographers and business owners and, and teaching them how to utilize video in their business and how to grow a profitable photography business. So it's been a real fun journey. Oh my goodness. Okay. So one of the things that really, really caught my ear is that you found that you had 15 hours a week and you're like, oh, I'll just start a business. Can I tell you how many people I talk to who would never believe in a million years that 15 hours a week is enough to start a business and run a successful business? I know. Honestly, I mean, I I was being a little bit just, you know, I I didn't realize how much time it was going to take. I think I had different expectations of what it meant to run a small business. I was a family photographer when I first started and I walked into a Best Buy on Black Friday in 2016 and bought a $350 camera. And I started a website with only pictures of my husband and our son and some family friends that I had asked if I could take free pictures for. And I'm like, hey, I'm a photographer. I'm a business owner. So I I was being a little bit naive, I think, about what it took. But that's how I started this business is I started it with a mommy morning out program that was watching our son and then spending some weekends and nights taking pictures of families and newborns, which I had no business taking pictures of. But that's just where I got started. And I I really quickly realized that I love couples and I love weddings. And so I started to shift towards weddings in 2018 and went full time in weddings in 2019. Wow. Wow. You know, sometimes I find it pays 
to be a little naive because if we knew the whole story that it might be a little bit scary for us to completely jump in. 100%. I mean, if somebody would have told me that four years later, I would be doing what I'm doing now, I'd be like, there's no way I can do that. I, you know, my husband has his own career that is amazing that he loves and it's demanding as well. And I wanted to be a stay at home mom. So I was very fortunate to be able to do that for you know, our son Jackson's first few years of life. So now that he is in third grade and, and spending more time at school and with friends and with me, it's nice to have something else and a passion. Yeah. So you started your business at 34 when your son was starting, like you said, mommy's morning out program. What did life look like for you before then? Yeah. So I'd stayed home with him from the time that he was born until he was four. We started our family. We were living in Massachusetts at the time. I'm from Charleston. My husband's from Boston. And within two years of being married, we had Jackson. And so I stayed home with him um, and was a full-time caregiver for him until he went off to school. And at that point, I was craving adult interaction and craving some creativity. But way before that, I actually went to college. I, I got my bachelor's in science and biology. I graduated in 2008 when <laughs> it's not a great time to graduate. Yep. I, I kind of feel, Been I there. feel for the people. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, they put you onto this world and there's like this huge, you know, crash of, of the housing market and there was no jobs. And it, it was very strange time to be a young adult. And I ve- like, I feel for all the people right now, especially um, with the climate that we're in that are graduating from college, because I've been there too. So that's my background. And my parents don't let me forget the fact that I do have a bachelor of science in biology. And now I'm I'm running an online business that they don't understand. And I'm like, what a photographer. <laughs> so <laughs> it's crazy. Life comes full circle and, and, and shows up in different ways for us. And especially when we start to follow our passions, yeah. the things that we're really good at. And for some reason, I felt like photography was going to be my avenue for starting a business. Wow. Okay. So I'm going to go way back. And this is not a question that I normally ask, but I'm incredibly intrigued because of your path. So you have your degree in biology. I do. Science and biology. And now Mm -hmm. you're a photographer, Yep. wedding photographer, and you educate (laughs) other photographers on marketing specifically with video. Natasha, what did you want to be when you grew up, when you were little? Oh, this is such a fun question. So uh, it's actually in the sciences. I wanted to be a geologist. Really? And I would, yeah, I would take my parents. We would travel all over and go to Virginia and to Carlsbad Caverns and see all of the caverns. I was very intrigued by it. And I said, I'm going to literally mine rocks and be a geologist. <laughs> and that's what I like. I was very passionate about it. And my parents were like, oh, that's sweet, but you're never going to make any money doing that. <laughs> but little did they know, I went back to them a few years ago and showed them an article that not only do geologists make a lot of money, that the oil companies need a lot of geologists and women do extremely well yeah. in that business. So they kind of killed a dream when I was young. But <laughs> that is so it's okay. <laughs> well, you never could have dreamed what was waiting for you up at head, right? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, honestly, now that I look at my life, I mean, I'm not a hiker. I'm not like super duper outdoorsy. I probably would not have lasted in geology. Yeah. Outdoorsy in that you like drinking on patios, perhaps. (laughs) 
100% (laughs) hanging out by the pool and by the beach. You know, I will go on a small hike, but yeah, no, I, I'm not super outdoorsy. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Okay. So I, again, like I'm very fascinated by the fact that you took this leap on Black Friday with a $350 camera to pursue a new phase of your life in some ways. What did it feel like as you were getting started on this on this new journey into owning a small business? Honestly, it was very exciting. I was very excited. And it's because I, I found that I did love photography and I loved what I was able to do with it and the connections that I was able to build with my clients. So for me, I was very fortunate when I was first starting that I was able to do family photography and sometimes do it like when our son was at school, I would, mm-hmm. I would book morning sessions. So I kind of was able to make it work for our family and our lifestyle. And then within a year of me owning the business, my husband had an opportunity. He was working a corporate job at the time in the power industry. After 12 years of working in corporate, he had a a big opportunity come up where he was able to kind of work for himself. Mm -hmm. And at that point, he said, we can live wherever we want to live. And I said, well, why don't we go back home to Charleston? We were living in upstate South Carolina at that time. And so we came back to Charleston. And once we did, I knew that once I had that family support, because my mom and dad are here, that I could start to take on weddings. So that's the reason I made that shift a year and a half into my business to not only offer family sessions, but to offer weddings and then eventually phase out the family sessions because I knew that our son would have that family support and it wouldn't be just me leaving every weekend or however many weekends it would take for me to build up my wedding business. Yeah, you bring up a really good point is that in order to be successful as a wedding photographer, you have to obviously shoot weddings, which are very (laughs) often on the weekend. I think there's a big misconception about people who work in the wedding industry, the events industry, that you just play all week and then you work on the weekends. Can Mm -hmm. Can you paint a picture of what your days actually look like as a successful wedding photographer? Yeah. So I right now book 20 to 22 weddings a year. I have built my business around having a really personal relationship with my couples. So it always starts with Zoom calls with them or meeting them in person. There's day-to-day tasks as in creating timelines for my couples, making sure that everybody's having a very similar experience because the experience side of it is very important to me. Keeping up with my couples on social media, making sure that I'm posting on social media so that people know that I'm a wedding photographer. But then there's also the side where you have vendor building relationships, where you are reaching out to vendors, making sure that you have those relationships because they can refer you. And on a wedding day, it's nice to be able to work with your friends because it just makes the day go so much better. So it's definitely nice to have those relationships. But other than that, a huge piece of it is editing. Thankfully, now I outsource editing, but I still edit a ton because I have to edit a good chunk of a wedding gallery to send to my editors for them to mimic those edits so Mm -hmm. that we can create the entire wedding gallery. And then after that, there's blogging. So there's, it's, it's so much that goes into weddings that is not just you shooting the wedding. And I think that, like you said, a lot of people have misconceptions about that. There's a lot of day-to-day tasks that have to happen for that business to continue to grow and continue to function. Interesting. So it's not just showing up and taking pretty pictures. I wish it was. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not. And it's nice now. Like I said, I'm outsourcing editing. I do have outsource. I have outsourced blogging as well. So there are things that you can bring people on to help. But when I first started, 
started in 2019. I was brand new in this industry in Charleston. So I was building and learning and I was doing it all myself. And, and there's a lot, I work more during the week than I do on the weekends because I only take one to two weddings a month. So I'm able to work on all the things that I need to work on to keep those weddings coming in, to keep those clients happy on Mondays through actually Thursdays. I now take Fridays off, which is really exciting. Oh yeah. That's awesome. You deserve that. Thank you. <laughs> and Sundays, yeah. which is nice. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. Especially, you know, when you have such a, a weekend centric role, making sure that you take a weekday for yourself to make up for that. That's so important. So Natasha, yes. it sounds like your week is comprised of a lot of Maybe you could break it into like marketing, relationship building, and then like editing in a way. And then I'm sure like there's admin stuff and there's family stuff and, you know, all, all of the, the other things that are a part of life. But it's mm -hmm. it, it, the big things that I'm hearing is that you're spending your time on relationship building, whether that's with vendors, it's caring for your customers as they are engaged on the, the customer journey that you have for them. You mm -hmm. are blogging, which is a, a marketing tactic that you, mm -hmm. that you use to reach new clients and make new vendor relationships. Sometimes you're editing. What else, what else do you have going on during the week? Tell me more. Oh, bless. So I go into my office around 8 a.m. Um, every morning because our son is off to school at 7. So by the time I get to the office, I'm usually cleaning out my inbox, checking in with any brides and grooms that I need to check in with. And then I am posting my social media content. Like you said, Anna, video is very big for me. So I post a lot of reels and TikToks and I make sure that that content is coming out by batching and making sure that I have enough content to share during the week. And then I am checking in not only with my couples with vendors. So making timelines, returning emails, sending proposals for potential clients. So there's a lot of back end stuff that goes on, but then you're also updating your galleries on your website. Like you said, you're blogging and making sure that SEO is working. So there, there is a lot of that, you know, kind of nuts and bolts of the business that are happening that Monday through Thursday that really help to make sure that the entire, the entire experience, not only for couples, but vendors is running smoothly. Wow. Okay. So we've got the photography side of your business that has, mm -hmm. like you said, all of those nuts and bolts and parts and pieces that fit together to create the overall experience to make sure that you are showing up and serving your couples in the best way possible. Wait, how exactly do you fit education in there too? And, and what do you mean by education? Are you teaching like a course at a college? Are you doing live workshops? Are you, what, what exactly does education mean for you? Oh, goodness. So the funny thing is, is it's, there's a lot of educators in my industry, in the photography world. And I, I, I'm very saucy at times. And I was very loud and proud about not wanting to be a, photographer, educator. Uh -huh. I, I didn't want to do that. I love weddings and I, I loved what I was doing. And I finally, especially at the beginning of 2020, before COVID happened, COVID was happening, but before we knew what it was going to do to our world, that I had gotten into a groove and I was really happy and content where I was. But then I did something. I created a TikTok account at 37 years old, which was kind of, <laughs> you know, I, I felt like archaic, but that's okay. Yeah. So I created a TikTok account and I started posting over there and in education became something that 
start it because I started a TikTok. So it was accidental. I stumbled upon it, but it's because I started posting on TikTok and I saw that there was a need for photographers and business owners to utilize that app. There was a void in it. And although I was fully booked as a wedding photographer, I saw that there was a new marketing strategy that I could tap into and I saw the potential for it. So I started posting over there. And within three weeks, I gained 10,000 followers. Within two months, there was 25,000. I I saw the fastest growth I've ever seen. And now 18 months later, I have 77,000 people over there in my audience, which is crazy. And they started asking me for things. They started asking me for, you know, guides and templates on how how they could get started in photography because they saw what I was doing and they wanted to learn from me. So that was kind of how I stepped in to education. Back the truck up. Back. Okay. So you were like, you woke up one day and you're like, I'm going to post, I'm going to be on TikTok. TikTok. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. I'm going to be on TikTok. Mm -hmm. What were you posting? Tell me more about this because I think like a lot of people, like I'm 36. I think a lot of people are like, oh, I, TikTok is for the youths. Mm-hmm. I'm too old for TikTok. Clearly, that's not true. You are <laughs> proof of that. But what, what were you posting that was so like intriguing and just popular among other photographers? Absolutely. So I, I started as most people do. When you join TikTok, they're going to show you a lot of young 17-year-olds with billion followers dancing. And I was like, what is this? I can't do this. But I did. I tried to dance. And I actually posted it on Instagram to show people that you start somewhere. But once I realized that there was potential for me to market my business over there, I started posting a lot of behind the scenes on engagement sessions, oh. a lot of tips for photographers. I started marketing more towards sharing and helping photographers over there, even though I didn't want to be an educator Mm -hmm. because I saw there was a need for it. And from there, it just started a ball rolling. And I was able to reach more people who had this dream, who looked at me at my age and was like, if she can do it, I can do it Mm -hmm. too. So that opened that door for me because people started learning from me and learning tips and tricks. It was definitely a lot of behind the scenes, a lot of sharing tips and tricks with people and and being willing to help others who (sighs) want to chase this dream. So you just started, you saw a gap and Mm -hmm. you just started. Did anybody tell you that you were crazy or wasting your time? Yes. So I actually didn't tell anybody. I was on TikTok for about three weeks, maybe even a little more. And and I was very adamant that when people did find me on TikTok, I was like, please don't tell Instagram people. And I actually had wedding vendors here in Charleston. I I had something go viral over on TikTok and they were bringing it over and sharing it on their stories. I'm like, can you please take this down? I don't want people knowing on TikTok. But what happened was I did start to let people know that I was over there. And and I I was met with hesitancy and I I completely understand why people feel that way. You know, honestly, a lot of people don't need a new marketing tactic. They don't need anything new because what they're doing is creating and and what they're doing is is succeeding for them. And so 100%, I completely understand that you don't have to try anything new. But for the people that were looking to grow again on social media, they were intrigued and they were like, wait, what are you doing Mm -hmm. over there that we're not able to do over here? Because on Instagram at this time, at the time of spring of 2020, I don't know about anybody else, but I 100% had felt stagnant Stagnant. for months. I hit a wall. I hit like 3,500 followers, which is amazing, but there was no growing and people were not seeing my content and it was frustrating. So when you go over to TikTok, you're like, people actually can see my content. It, it, It was definitely enticing to continue to post over there. And then 
Instagram Reels was released, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, Instagram completely changed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it, 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 everything changed. We had gotten mm-hmm. so comfortable with posting pretty squares, and then mm-hmm. it felt like we had to start doing so many new things. Yeah, and people were resistant to that. You know, I I had a lot of people reach out to me or show me things where people were very resistant to video content, especially when it was first released on on Instagram last year. So yeah, I, I felt my fair share of resistance and hesitancy, and you know, a little bit of mocking. But you know, you take it on the chin and and say, okay, it's working for me though. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, y'all. So I know we could all probably use a little more time in our day, right? You're no stranger to busy schedules and intentionally filling them up to the brim because you just have so much to get done. But sometimes it feels like you don't really ever have the time to just slow down and enjoy the simple things. Simple things like when my toddlers are giggling and playing nicely together in the backyard or when a Sunday afternoon nap sounds too good to pass up. We all want more time to enjoy these kinds of things, right? Well, if you love personality quizzes like I do, then you're in for a treat. In my new quiz, which you can take for free at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, I'm helping you uncover what it will take to get you from chaos to calm, to finally feel like you have space in your days. I know it can feel downright frustrating to keep using the same old time management strategies that just don't seem to work for you. You've got the planners, the calendars, apps, you're doing all the things, but you still feel like you have no time. And that's because you need time management strategies that work for your personality and your life. In my 10 plus years working in crisis communications and chaos management, In all the time I've spent with my clients, I've learned that everyone has their own needs. And knowing what those needs are can really help you discover the best approach to planning your days. Knowing yourself can help you ease up busy schedules and find more calm and clarity in your week. Do you want to know how to get there? To have more breathing room in your days? Let's figure out your time management personality type so you can uncover exactly what you need to do to feel more productive, less stressed, and more balanced. You can take the quiz at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, and I'll make sure to link to the quiz in our show notes. All right, on with the show. Okay, so you've already mentioned batching your content. Mm-hmm. in order to get all of this done. But because I'm hearing that you've got the photography side of your business with, like mm-hmm. you said, you've got the relationship building, you've got the customer journey on that side, you've got editing, you've got the the, the social media and the marketing for that. You've also now gotten this, you've, you've created this education side of your business where you are pouring into and teaching other photographers how to do what you've done. You're posting on TikTok, you're posting on Instagram, and you're not just posting, you're creating really fun content. Like seriously, even if you're, if you're listening and you're not a photographer, you should <laughs> still go and watch what Natasha is creating because it's so much fun and it really will teach you something. Okay, how exactly are you doing all of this? And do you do you just not sleep? Like when and you still have a family to take care of? How do you do it all? Give us give us your secrets. Tell us how how you do it. 
Yeah. So, I mean, you can't do it all that. I mean, I'm very vocal about the fact that you can't do it all on the wedding side. I will say the first thing that I ever outsourced was house cleaning. So mm. I had that taken off my plate every two weeks. I do have somebody come in to help out. There's other things, obviously, like I can order my groceries and pick them up curbside pickup. I mean, there's a lot of ways that you can be efficient with your time. In that sense, I, I don't want to spend an hour in the grocery store when I can spend an hour with our son in the pool. Yeah. So that on the wedding side has been very helpful including the editing and the blogging. So I added those about a year ago when I started to see that education was going to be something that was probably going to be the next step for me. So I started outsourcing editing and blogging, and that took a lot off the plate to Mm -hmm. continue that client service and keep that well-oiled machine running while I was focusing on building the education side. I then added a virtual assistant, online business manager, who helps me run some of those day-to-day tasks and keep everything going so that I can work on the things that I am good at and reels and TikTok and content creation on that side is something that I am good at and creating the client experience is something that I'm good at. So those are the two main things I really focus on, but definitely delegating and outsourcing has been a huge help because I could not do it all myself. And then the same thing with talking about family is, you know, my mom lives, my mom and dad, they both live about a minute down the road and my husband works from home. So our, our life, our day-to-day life looks a little different than some people's because I have a little bit more daytime help with them both being pretty much here with us throughout the day. So, you know, if I, if I'm busy, like recording a podcast interview with you, Anna, I can send my husband to pick up our son. So, you know, I, I do have a little bit of wiggle room on those day-to-day tasks. That's great. And I'm very Mm -hmm. thankful to you for being so open and honest about what outsourcing and what help looks like for you. So Mm -hmm. often I find that business owners, professionals, influencers paint a picture of a life where they're doing it all when Mm -hmm. in reality, they are not. They have (laughs) a nanny. They have regular help at home. Their parents live close by. They are outsourcing massive amounts. And yet they're Mm -hmm. trying to perpetuate this image of doing it all. And it can be really disheartening for those of us who think that we're supposed to be able to do it all. And we just can't because it's impossible. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's dangerous for them to kind of let it be perceived that Mm -hmm. way, because I think that we all need help. We can't, you know, they say, you know, it goes back to old times. It takes a village and it really does. And it's going to look different for every single person. Not everybody is going to have a husband who works from home who could take off in Mm -hmm. the afternoon for an hour. Not everybody is going to have a mom down the road that is able to babysit so that your husband can come with you to an engagement session to help you film content for TikTok and Reels. Mm -hmm. That's going to look different for everybody. So definitely finding, you know, your own group and what works for you and not looking at somebody else's past, somebody else's, the way that they're running their business as something that's going to be attainable for you because it shouldn't be and you shouldn't want it to be. Mm -hmm. I completely agree with you. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about working with your virtual assistant or Mm -hmm. your online business manager. So is this the same person? Yeah. So she she started off as a virtual assistant and now she's an online business manager. So she just helps in the day-to-day tasks behind the scenes, making sure that everything is rolling. So I have a Facebook community that she is an admin on. She helps me create in the education side. She helps me add videos to the back end, create those sales sequences, create graphics. So she really takes those things that I'm not great at and just runs with them so that we can start continuously building 
building that education side. So she's been an, an amazing addition. And honestly, I don't know how I could do it without her. Wow. I think that that's really outstanding. And out of curiosity, how many hours a week do you have a have your online business manager? So she started off as 15 hours a, a month mm-hmm. when she was my virtual assistant. Now she is a monthly cost. Mm-hmm. So it is one solid price every month. And we make the list and she does all the priorities on that list. So we don't stick to an hours. Mm-hmm. It's it's definitely project-based. So mm-hmm. she just makes sure that the things that we need to get done is done throughout the time that she has to create them because she does work for other people. So she has two other people that she works for. And so she just takes all the things that she needs to do for each of us and then delegates what's priority what needs to get done so that we can hit our deadlines. So I ask those nitty gritty questions for a reason. I think Mm -hmm. that a lot of times small business owners, solopreneurs don't realize that help can come in so many different forms. And it doesn't always have to look like hiring a part-time employee or hiring a full-time employee in your business or Mm -hmm. having someone who specifically does marketing or having someone who specifically does admin that Mm -hmm. you really can create a virtual role for someone who handles a lot of different things in your business and you can hire them on an hourly basis or a monthly Mm -hmm. basis that there really are so many other options out there. So if you are listening and you would love to have more help in your business, explore what virtual assistant opportunities could look like for you. Yeah. And I honestly, I just hired somebody and it's only a six week contract to just overhaul my Pinterest. So there are like, there's so many different things that you can hire people to help you with that is maybe not your forte, but they're an expert on, Mm -hmm. and you don't have to have the recurring costs of them doing it, you know, every single month, especially if it's something that you just need somebody to go in, set it up, show you how to continue running it. So that's definitely, you know, things that I look at as like, okay, what can I do to bring somebody on to help move the needle forward right now, even if it doesn't mean that they're going to stay on Mm -hmm. and a part of my team month after month? Yeah, I think that is so, so smart. And it's very resourceful. You know, Natasha, I can't tell you how many times I have seen a job description where they are looking for this person who can do, you will manage our Pinterest and you will manage our social media and you will do our videos and you will do this and you will do this and you will do our HR and you will also (laughs) do this. And, and, And it just ends up being this completely long, unrealistic job description for one person that they're looking to bring on full time when in reality, someone who is going to, you know, be able to do all of those things isn't going to be an expert in any of them. And it just Mm -hmm. seems like it would be such a smarter, uh, smarter strategy to outsource experts temporarily, let them dip Mm -hmm. in, dip out when you need them, and then have someone in that virtual assistant role. Absolutely. And that, that's what I've been playing around with. And it's been nice. I mean, I don't know how to run Facebook ads. I don't know how to do Pinterest. And trying to learn to. that would take yeah. away from doing what you're best at. Exactly. So I'm not a jack of all trades. I don't want to be. Yeah. I want to do the things that I'm good at. And and I don't mind hiring on somebody who's an expert to take care of something. Honestly, it helps me make more money because I'm able to invest my time in the things that I do extremely well. Yes. Nailed it. 
Absolutely. (laughs) And so I'm so incredibly inspired by the way that you have taken your photography business from family photography back when you were 34 to now having 20 to 22 weddings a year and serving as an educator. You've, you work with a team of contractors just based on what you need in your business and you are growing. You are growing. Mm -hmm. When you got started back when you were 34, could you, you know, what did you, what did you see in the future? What did you expect? What did you, what did you envision for yourself? Honestly, when I first started, I ha- I didn't really have a roadmap or a five-year plan. I was just so excited to start photography and I'm like, if hopefully somebody's going to book me. But once I started wedding photography, I said, okay, like I know I'm only going to be able to do this maybe for 10 years. I, you know, I could possibly do it longer, but my body is probably going to be done because it is a lot on your body and, and it's a lot on our lifestyle. So the thing was, is I didn't know what the next step was. And until I started TikTok and saw the education site open up, I had no clue what that next step would be. It was just like, okay, like I'm going to do weddings for as long as I can, because I love them and I I'm going to continue them. But what would that look like if I stopped weddings. Mm-hmm. And honestly, at that point, before I started TikTok, I had no plan and, and my business probably would have died. So I feel very fortunate that I did start TikTok and, and I've been on this journey for the last 18 months because now I, I do feel like I have a transition plan for when I can't do weddings anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Starting something new, no matter how old you are, mm-hmm. but starting something new can feel scary yeah, and imposter syndrome can creep in for some people. I'm not saying Mm -hmm. that happened to you. It happens to Mm -hmm. me sometimes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) How did you push past the fear of starting something new back when you started your business? Mm -hmm. And then now as you're moving into this, this, phase of being an educator? Honestly, when I first started my business at 34, I felt like, well, I mean, honestly, what did I have to lose? And and I'm, I'm always very honest about the fact when I have people come to me, like I'm looking at leaving my job and starting a business. What do you think? And I'm like, my path is going to look way different than yours because I did not have to give up a typical career and salary to start my business. So I don't want you to look at what I did and think, oh, I'm going to do that and leave my job. I think that you have to be very realistic in it. So my, the things that scared me were just being afraid to fail. But if I did fail, I felt like, okay, like as long as I paid back this $350 camera, as long as I don't go into debt for this business, as long as I'm not taking money from our family savings to run this business, I'm going to be okay. So I I felt like I had the ability to leap and not look a lot more than a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But if you're listening to this and and you want to do something and you are working a full-time job and you're trying to figure out how to do that transition, I think it's really smart to have a very solid plan, a very solid savings and think about things rationally and not necessarily emotionally when it comes to making that transition. I'm 100% honest. I was very emotionally invested in becoming a photographer. That that was something that I, like I said, I, I left and looked later. Thankfully it worked out for me, but I don't necessarily 
suggest that to every single person. But now transitioning into education, I have imposter syndrome too. But I, what I realize is that in order to make a difference, you have to be different. Mm-hmm. And for me, the thing that has helped me is that I am different, which makes me stand out in a different way and sometimes has a spotlight on me that I I don't necessarily care for. But I know that I have to be different in order to make a difference. And and thankfully, that has been a blessing on this path, even though there have been some hurdles and some things overcome. So I, I just keep pushing forward and I feel like this is something that I, I feel like I'm supposed to do. I feel passionate about it and I'm doing it for the right reasons. And so I feel like it can't fail you when you have those reasoning behind it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really the difference in being driven by purpose and being driven by your values rather mm-hmm. than just chasing something for the sake of chasing it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love how you said that in order to make a difference, you have to be different. What really sets you apart as a photographer educator? So because I'm teaching on TikTok and Reels, there there really isn't that much education out there about it because it's brand new. But when I first started, the reason that I think people were drawn to me to learn from me, especially my ideal audience, is because I'm a 38-year-old mom doing it. So they were able to see themselves in me Mm -hmm. and realize that those pain points that we all have of feeling too old, that we don't want to dance or point, (laughs) that you you don't want people to laugh at you. Like I mean, no matter how old you are, you, you don't want people making fun of you. So realizing they're there's a way to actually efficiently and effectively utilize the things that I'm teaching on to grow your business, to reach more people, to grow your audience again. I think it really helps set me apart from especially a lot of the educators in my industry. So just giving people hope again to grow again Mm. and get them out of that stagnant feeling of I'm not growing. I'm now losing as a wedding photographer. Other wedding photographers are now losing wedding. This was last year when Reels was released because of COVID and losing portrait sessions that maybe like I can utilize this to grow again and maybe reach more people and bring in some more income. So I think it's just giving people a little bit extra hope that although COVID has wrecked havoc on a lot of small businesses, especially in the wedding industry, that you're able to grow and possibly continue to grow your business by learning something new. Wow. So it sounds like what really sets you apart is that you show up as your authentic, genuine self Mm -hmm. and that you, you're there, you're there to serve and give hope Mm -hmm. to photographers who, who just want to keep going. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been a hard year, a hard year and a half for everybody, but for small businesses. And then, I mean, especially the wedding photography industry. I mean, people, I see a lot of people who feel hopeless Mm -hmm. and it it does feel that way at some point. But yeah, no, I I definitely think that if you're able to show up as yourself, let people get to know you, be authentic in what you're doing, no matter what that looks like, if that is short form video or not, no matter what you're doing within your business, if you allow people to really get to know you and be authentic, we know that people buy from people. Mm -hmm. So there's really going to be, there's really going to be proof in the numbers that people are going to continuously find you and fall in love with you and follow along with you and potentially turn to a sale because they found you authentically and you're just showing up as yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Natasha, for anyone who's listening, who has this, this inkling, this feeling that they want to start something new, that 
they want to start a new business. Maybe they just want to start a new hobby. Maybe they want to start a family. Maybe they want to start something new, but they've got this little voice that's telling them it's too late. It's too late for you to get started. Why even start? What would you tell that person with that voice? I would tell them that they need to be kinder to themselves when they're talking to themselves. I think that people forget that our head voice actually is one of the voices that talks to us the most. So we need to change that narrative. Actually, side note, Anna, I actually just learned from TikTok that there are people out there that do not have head voices, which is very strange to me. Did you see that? I didn't. Um, I didn't see it on TikTok, but I have heard that before. That they- so I was talking to my husband. I'm like, do you have a head voice? Because I have a head voice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize that there are people out there that is, they see in pictures or they hear in pictures in their head. Yes. And I, I'm like, wait, I, I just can't understand how there's nobody in there talking to you. But you're talking to yourself more than anybody. So, you know, be kind to yourself. Grant yourself grace. I mean, I fail over and over and over again. But the difference is, is I don't let that failure become my story. I take the things that I learned from that failure and try again. So no matter what it looks like for you, if it's something that you want, push forward and change that inner voice. Definitely. More grace, mm-hmm. kinder inner voice. Mm-hmm. If you have an inner voice. If you have an inner voice. <laughs> and then if not, kinder, kinder inner pictures abstract pictures. Yeah. That's really interesting. You're really making me want to dig into that. I'll have to look into it. Natasha, Mm -hmm. I've got to tell you this entire conversation has been so just very, I guess, eye-opening is one way to describe it because it's been so interesting to dig in and hear about what your day-to-day life looks like as a photographer, as wife, mom, and also as an educator and what help looks like in your business, how you outsource and your advice for just doing it, taking the leap, getting started, trusting your instincts and showing up as your genuine, authentic self and just making sure that you are purpose-driven in what you're doing. It's all been so, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited. I feel, I feel very motivated to, 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 to get out and go do. And I would love for you to let us know, what do you have going on? Like, how can we mm-hmm. stay in touch? How can we learn from you? Especially if there are any other photographers listening, how can we stay in touch? Yeah. So uh, you can find me on Instagram, Natasha Quail Photography. The same thing on TikTok. Um, my website is natashaquailphotography.com and I have an education site on there with tons of freebies. And I have a course that's closed right now, but you can join the waitlist for it. It's a marketing course called Social Strategy. I dive deep into Reels and TikTok there, but I do have specific Reels courses that have just come out and they are boot camps and a mini course where I help you overcome the overwhelm of creating Reels. I answer every question that you could possibly have about Reels and how to utilize them for your business to turn those views to followers to sales. And then I also have an additional course with it that I call boot camp and you're able to show up. I give you everything that you need from sounds to a list of items that you might need to create reels. And we create reels together in less than an hour and you will have 15 reels after you walk through that boot camp. Oh my gosh. That sounds like so much fun. <laughs> yeah. I love making reels. And so is, it was fun. Is the reels, mm-hmm. is it just for photographers or could I take it? 
No, it's for business owners. So it's relatable to any business owner. And I also, in the workbook, give business owners different content strategies and content ideas to add to their reels to make it suitable for their businesses. You know what else? I really feel like this would also work well for somebody who is in a marketing role for a small business. Like maybe they're not the business owner, but maybe they're in the marketing role and they're looking for a creative way to market the business that they work for. Or that like just, I even could see this working well for somebody who works in marketing for like, a college, uh, like a university college department. I, I could totally yeah. see somebody jumping into that and taking the ideas and the boot camp, the boot camp format, and actually having reels to to post and take and run with. So that is awesome. It sounds like yeah. so much fun. I'll really have to check that out. And I encourage you guys listening to do that too. And as always, I'll be sure to include all links to everything that Natasha has mentioned in the show notes. But again, Natasha, thank you so, so much for sharing all of this with us because it has been so inspiring. And yeah, I just want to thank you again so much for being generous with your time and joining us. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Anna. It's been so fun chatting with you. So, all right. Well, I will talk to you soon, friend. All right. You too. Thank you. And there you have it. Whether you have an inner voice or you see inner pictures, I hope that this conversation with Natasha encourages you to be kind to yourself and to be brave whenever you take your next first step into something new. You can find links to stay in touch with Natasha and all of the amazing video resources she mentioned by visiting the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 98. All right, thanks so much for tuning in and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Head over to www.abouttimepodcast.com to join the conversation. Check out the show notes and dive into bonus content so you can start living your best life today. Love this episode? Be sure to share it with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode.